Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in to Talking Turps, a show which covers University of Maryland basketball and football. Talking Turps is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Terrapins. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome to Talking Terps. I'm your host, C.T. Schwenk. Thank you for joining us. It is May 20th, 2016. We're back at it again. Uh, you should subscribe on iTunes. If you haven't already, this is our fourth episode here. We're uh, officially taking it to the bi-weekly format as we press on through the off-season here before we get to, uh, to football. Once that revs up, we'll go back to uh, – we'll go to weekly. Um, that'll be exciting. We're going to talk football tonight. We're going to talk basketball as well. Exciting news. We're going to have both – color analysts for the Terrapin Radio Network on tonight. We're going to have Tim Strachan on and then Chris Naki. That'll be exciting. But more exciting news immediately at this moment. I'm, in, I'm joined by newly minted University of Maryland alumnus, Zach Kiesel. Zach, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, CT. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be speaking with you again. How does it feel coming out the other side? It feels good. Uh, President Wallace Lowe used the analogy of a prison, comparing Maryland to a prison, um, <laughs> and that he he was the warden of the prison. So it, it kind of feels like that, um, but it it feels good. It's been a it's been a good couple days. Um, it was good to get finals over with, and then had the ceremonies the last two days. Yeah, you said that you were taking a final the same day that you were graduated. How did that go? Uh, I finished in 15 minutes, so I guess we'll find nice. out. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was pretty short and easy. Uh, but yeah, at one thirty, there was a dude in who was taking the final who came in his graduation cap. So, uh, you know, shout out to that guy. That's I was thinking about doing it. He actually went through with it. Nice. Well, all right. We're on the other side. We're going to talk a little football, a little basketball. Uh, we've got some lacrosse stuff that I want to touch on eventually um, on the other side of these interviews for sure. Um, I think we should, uh, we should just kind of pad for a minute. We're going to have Tim Strachan on momentarily. Uh, he's going to talk football with us uh, post spring practice stuff. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the coordinators, about the assistants. What are you interested in hearing from, from Tim this evening? Well, I think the best thing that we always get from Tim, and he's been a great um, guy that we've kept a relationship with at Baltimore Sports and Life. He writes uh, occasional articles for us. He's really got an inside take. You know, he's in he's in the halls. He he sees what you know. Even reporters don't necessarily you know general you know Washington Post style reporters don't see. So he's got a lot of really insider information. Um, and obviously him being the, the color analyst for the Terps on the radio, you know, you, you, you hear him on Saturday afternoons and now you can hear him here. Uh, but he's really got that insider information to, to learn about, you know, the personalities behind the people. Um, he's going he's gonna to give us some really good insight. I'm excited to, to hear what he has to say. Me too, me too. I was actually, when I was getting ready for this, I, I kind of feel like adult, but um, – I don't, I don't hear a lot of Tim because I'm normally, I go to all the football games. I 
don't really go to as many basketball games. I prefer to watch at home, but I, I normally attend all of the home football games. So I don't, I don't hear a lot, a whole lot of Tim. I've, I hear a lot, whole lot of Chris, Chris Naki will have him on a little bit later. So I'm excited to, uh, to chat with him. You're right. He's going to bring that, that inside the locker room perspective. And we talked last time, um, you know, I think for, for me personally, Andy Buh is kind of like the big question mark right now. I don't really know a whole lot about him. I feel like we, we know DJ Durkin pretty well at this point. We got an idea of, of Walt Bell's personality and, and his energy level, but I want to see, I want to hear his take on, on Andy Buh and uh, um, what he's been like for the, the first couple weeks there. I wonder how, how much Tim has also kind of been around since the off season. He probably probably broadcast the spring game that might be it i don't know we'll, we'll find out yeah tim always tim always seems to be around the program he's definitely got a sense of of what goes on on a day-to-day basis um and it's going to be exciting to hear what he has to say i agree with you that you know andy buzz a little bit of a mystery um we don't even really know 100 percent how to pronounce his last name <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see uh you know uh what his personality's like given uh, the people that DJ Durkin has hired so far, I would guess that Andy Buzz is very similar uh, to what um, to what Durkin uh, personifies. But I think we have uh, I think we have Tim on here, so I'll let you take that away. All right, let's uh, let's bring him in on the other side of the break here. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. All right, on the line with us, Terps color analyst from the Terrapins Radio Network, Tim Strachan. How are you, sir? Hey, what's up, guys? How you all doing, man? Doing well. Excited to have you on. It's kind of, uh, you know, we, we started doing the show a couple weeks ago, and it was right on the heels of, of basketball season. But once that was over, I got the football itch, like, instantly. I don't know if you're, like, a big – if you're that into basketball, if your brain's always just on, on football. We're, we're still a couple months away, but happy to have no, you on. No, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge basketball fan. I actually played uh, basketball for Morgan Wooten at the Mapa, um, oh, as well as cool. football. And uh, so I'm a big basketball fan, but I, I've got the football itch 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely a football guy first. Want to get your, your take on a couple things here post-spring practice um, with the beginning of the, the DJ Durkin era. It's, it's underway now. What was, what's, what's kind of your first impression of the hire? And when did you, have you, have you met him in person yet? What, has that meeting taken place? Sure. Yeah, no, I've met him a bunch of times, talked to him uh, probably more through text than I do in oh. person. It's hard to get him, it's hard to get him uh, in person. The guy's moving all the time. Um, and the first impression uh, – well, let me let me back up. The first impression when he was hired, I, I, I was probably like everybody else. I went, huh? Who? Because <laughs> he didn't quite fit. He didn't quite fit the description that – Kevin Anderson had said he was going to go after, which was a guy who could throw the ball all around Bird Stadium, or now Maryland Stadium, can't call Bird anymore. Um, and then he does, he hires a 37-year-old defensive coordinator who's never actually coached on the offensive side of the ball. So 
the first impression was again, what? <laughs> Where did that guy come from? But the the impression ever since been on campus, um, the first thing anybody notices is the buzz, the excitement, the enthusiasm that is around Gossip Football Team House that I have never seen in the 20 years that I've been doing the radio for them and been a part of this program. It has been unbelievable. And then the first spring practice that I showed up to on a Saturday, I had to wait for somebody to let me in the gate. I come around the corner down there in the the Gossip Team House end zone, and I come around the corner, in the, and I, I looked at uh, Dustin Seminovic, who's the media relations uh, director, and I said, I said, who are all these people? Because the stands were, were on one side where the Maryland side is, was, was nearly packed. I was like, who are all these people? He goes, recruits. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd never seen that. Um, there's something different going on right now out in College Park, and it's for the better. Um, I have not seen this type of recruiting. I have not seen this type of enthusiasm uh, around this program, again, in the 20 years that I've been a part of it. And, and that's not a knock to any of the prior coaching staffs or, or, or anybody. It's, I think, more so putting DJ in a category uh, that really is a step above in terms of his pedigree, where he's come from, what he's used to seeing at places like Stanford, um, you know, Michigan, uh, Notre Dame, you know, all the, all the coaches that he's coached under in Florida. Um, that's what he's used to. And so – he doesn't know any different, and that's what I'm seeing as someone who's been around here for a long time, and now you got a guy that comes in with that kind of a background doing the things that he's doing right now. I mean, the, the verbal commitments that this program has right now, it's just out of, it's unbelievable. I can't believe it. Um, and I think there's, there's some good things in Maryland's future. I don't know if it's going to happen right away. In fact, I don't think it's going to happen right away. It's going to take a little while, but there's certainly excitement. There's no doubt about that. Hey, Tim, Zach Kiesel here. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, so man, what's up? You, doing well. Uh, so we, we've gotten kind of a good feel for DJ Durkin. You mentioned the enthusiasm. Walt Bell seems to kind of match that style. He's very young, very enthusiastic, great recruiter. Uh, but defensive coordinator Andy Buzz is still kind of a mystery to a lot of people. So what's your read on him um, and some of the other assistants and, um, you know, What's your read on their personalities, how they interact with players, their recruiting abilities? What's kind of your, your view on all those guys? Yeah, I heard you talking about uh, Andy right before you brought me in. And I've been told to read his name. Um, oh, kind of like now, now we know. Which, which, is, uh, which is pretty cool because uh, you, you can think of all the, um, uh, you know, uh, creative ways that people are going to use that. You know, can he scare defenses with, you know, so on and so forth. He, he, he just fits a mold. I, look, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, I, I, I trust DJ because that's what his forte is, that he's going to bring in a guy that he believes in, that he knows uh, fits what he wants. And I think it's going to be an attacking style of defense, which, again, ever since I've been doing the radio, the, the most impressive years overall, and in particular defensively, are Maryland defenses that have been attacking style defenses. The thing is, is you can only really do that if you have cornerbacks and defensive backs that can be on an island on their own. And you just look again at the, the people he's going after right now in terms of cornerbacks, the size, the speed. 
those are the types of guys that can be on an island by themselves, play that man-to-man or man-safety free. And so you, you have, you're comfortable bringing a lot of pressure and putting the onus on the guys on the outside to be able to hold it down on their own. That's the only way you can bring pressure. Um, you can bring a little bit of zone pressure, but after a while playing a good quarterback, good quarterbacks that we're going to see in this, in this Big Ten, you know, they can pick that apart. It's when you bring the pressure and you still have everybody covered, that's where you can really make some damage. And I think that schematically that's what Boo brings to the table. Whether or not Maryland has the hosses to do that right now, I don't know if they have them for next year, but they're going to implement the system. They're going to play the best players that they've got, and they're going to bring these new guys in and give them every shot to uh, contribute early. And that's going to be a, you know, a pretty exciting thing to see as well. You know, you're talking about maybe, you know, all this, all this change and all this, everything that DJ Durkin is bringing to the table, you know, obviously it's not all going to be implemented overnight, but what did you kind of see from the, the team in spring practice? I know it's kind of a limited glimpse as to what we'll, we'll see in the fall, but um, you know, you mentioned the defense being more attacking style. Uh, Zach and I, I know we talked about how, um, you know, in the spring game, at least they played a lot of nickel. Um, and then, you know, going a little bit further in that, the, the, you know, the secondary is a little bit questionable. So what was your, your feel for the offense and the defense after, after practice wrapped up? Well, it is kind of hard to, to really get a gauge of where they are compared to other, you know, programs and other teams um, because they're just going against themselves. You have nothing really to compare it to. I think, you know, overall it was a good spring. It, 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 it's important more so to get everything implemented, you know, get the kids familiar with what you're running. They're not going to run everything at 100% right now. Um, it takes a little while. It takes a lot of reps to to execute at 100% at full speed, and it's going to take some time for that to happen. So that's the importance of spring ball, especially when you have a new coaching staff and a whole new system offensively and defensively and whatnot. Um, defensively, I think, you know, just what I said, it's going to be attacking. It's going to be, uh, I think there's a big trend in football overall right now to be going with a lot of nickel packages. It just gives you an extra athlete on the field. And you're seeing now, like with the Redskins, they, they just drafted this guy, Sua Cravens, who's kind of like a safety linebacker hybrid. I equated him to like a Percy Harvin on defense, a guy that can be a nickel, he comes in, but you actually, if he, even if he's lined over the slot receiver, he may not be uh, assigned to that slot receiver. He may be coming off the edge. He may actually just be an extra linebacker that, he, that left the game in order for him to come in um, because he's got the, the, the physical ability to be a linebacker. Or maybe he's just disguising himself as a nickel and he's an extra safety. I mean, there's that type of uh, movement, I think, in football overall at, at all levels. And that's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, schemes and things they're going to have in the fall. They didn't show a lot of that in the spring, at least not to the people who could see. They wouldn't have shown any of that really in the spring game. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it's all going to be about um, pace. It, it's, a, it's a fast – I don't know if I'm ever going to get a word in edgewise in, in a Maryland game during the broadcast when Maryland's on offense because of how fast that they go. Um, and, and it's again, you know, it's going to be a lot of screens – um, it's going to be um, catered towards what Maryland does best. Uh, a lot of people have been saying, you know, they're going to be throwing the ball all over the place. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, at Arkansas State last year, they actually ran the ball 70% of the time. That's not throwing the ball all over the place. So it really is just a matter of what Walt Bell finds is going to be most effective with your playmakers 
And whether it's throwing screens to your wide receivers, who they have plenty of them, that can be very, very good. Um, I saw a lot of that in the spring game. I think DJ Moore is going to be a beast. I think this kid is special. Um, mm-hmm. You got the Jacobs brothers back who, are, who have a lot of speed. Um, those are guys, if you can get them out in space and you can, give a, you, know, you can get a couple guys out there to help them out on the edge, I mean, there's going to be some big-time plays in this offense, and they showed that in the spring game. I mean, what was it four, four plays over 40 yards or something like that that went for touchdowns? Um, Maryland fans, I think, are going to get used to that. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, how well they can do it, how consistent they can do it, whether they can do it consistently against teams like Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Um, but it's going to be exciting. And, um, you know, we really won't know exactly what it's going to look like until probably uh, first game against Howard. So, Tim, the, the team overall last year was obviously – it was a pretty ugly season. It was a tough season to watch between the quarterback situation – and the injuries and the coaching change. Um, so for some of these units to improve, the bar the bar's set pretty low. But um, so looking forward to the 2016 season, with all of the changes that we've mentioned from spring practice, with all the changes in the coaching staff, with the energy, what position do you think Maryland fans should be most excited about going into the 2016 season? You mentioned the wide receivers. You mentioned uh, some of the running backs. So what, what position or what people are you keying on um, for people to watch in 2016? Well, offensively, I think it is going to be uh, primarily the wide receiving crew. They got a lot of talent. They've had a lot of talent at that, that position for a few years now. Uh, the problem is you, don't have, you haven't really had a lot of people who've been able to get them the ball. Uh, I think that's the, the genius of Walt Bell's system. Even with like a Perry Hills, who, again, I'm not knocking any of these kids because they're, they're, they're kids, they're college kids, they're trying their best. Um, but, but Perry Hills, who, in my opinion, has some limitations physically, I think Walt Bell is going to be able to put him in a position to make plays. Um, Caleb Bro, who's got a lot of physical talent in terms of passing the ball, uh, again, I think Walt Bell is going to be able to uh, call plays that make him successful, to make the whole unit successful, and in my opinion, it's getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers, and the best playmakers on this team right now are the wide receivers offensively. I am kind of intrigued by the running back situation. Now there's a, plenty of guys there. There's a lot of new talent coming in. Uh, you got the kids from Damascus, both you know, the wide receiver and the quarterback, Harrison and, um, and Tito, Tino Ellis, uh, guys who are going to get an opportunity to, to possibly play right away, um, and they bring some incredible talent. And I'm not just saying that because I went to Tamatha. Well, maybe I am, maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that works with um, Edwards now, uh, who transferred from Virginia Tech. Um, and then you got Wes Brown back. And, and I've always been a big fan of Wes Brown. He's, you know, had some, some issues he's had to deal with, and he's getting another breath of life. And I think he really, truly understands that this is his last chance to show what he can do. And this kid's got a lot of talent. I'm just waiting for it to break out. And uh, I'm pulling for the young man to, to have that happen this year. Um, so that's on the offensive side of the ball. And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, I think that one thing you need to be concerned about are the linebackers. So it's interesting to see what's happening there. But uh, you really can't go any farther. you got, you got to just talk about Will Likely. Uh, he's the most dynamic player on the entire team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see 
uh, what he's going to be able to do in a system under DJ, DJ Durkin and Andy Boo. Um, I think they're going to feature him a lot. They're going to count on him a lot with his experience and his uh, athletic ability. So there's definitely a lot of excitement to uh, look forward to on both sides of the ball, but there's also going to be some concerns too. And it's been great having you on. We're going to get you out of here on this. We have to, we'll save the best for last year, the obligatory quarterback battle question. Uh, It kind of seems like Perry Hills can be the guy, but you know, Caleb Rose, the, the one who won the games last year, where, do you think uh, where where do you think things stand right now, and who do you think we'll see uh, week one against Howard? I mean, honestly, guys, your guess is as good <laughs> as mine. I think I think if the, if they were playing Howard tomorrow, uh, I think it's going to be Perry Hills. Um, again, it's because Perry is the kind of guy who a coach feels comfortable with um, because he's a smart kid, he's a hardworking kid, he's a he's a natural born leader. Um, You've heard a lot about his his wrestling mentality uh, that gains a lot of respect from coaches and from your former your, your fellow players. Um, I think that it, in terms of just being comfortable with a new system and everything, Perry probably is going to be the guy that is going to get the nod or at least have the opportunity to lose the job. Um, but I have a whole lot of confidence in in Caleb Rowe. Uh, obviously, he had a really bad year last year, but the kid is extremely gifted physically. Um, his limitations is in his decision-making. Sometimes he feels like he can make plays that other people or a normal human being can't because he's got those physical abilities. If a coach is able to kind of rein him in and sort of get him to settle down and only take what a defense gives you, I don't, I hate that cliche, but it's, it's, it's a very true cliche. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then you you got Tyrone Pigram coming in and he's going to get an opportunity. DJ, Durkin has not made uh, – it's not a secret. He's going to let anybody and everyone get a chance to play, whether you're a freshman or a fifth-year or a sixth-year senior. Uh, if you're the best at that position and you can help the team, you're going to get an opportunity to play. So we'll see what this young man can do who's coming in. Very good athlete. He's actually a very good uh, passer. He's pretty accurate. He's short. So was Joe Hamilton. Look what he did. He won a national championship and, you know, was it was in the Heisman uh, Trophy race. So – it, that stuff doesn't matter, I think, in Walt Bell's system. And um, But I, I think really, truly, it's, it's Perry Hills at this time uh, to lose. Well, while you're broadcasting games, please call Perry Hills gritty as many times as you possibly can, and we'll keep track at home. Because that is... Gritty? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, I do, you know, I do do this with, with buddies. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be with them the night before, or like during that week, something will come up and I'll say, all right, I'm going to say, you know, the word uh, uh, sheep, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as many times as I possibly can. You guys got to track it. So gritty. I got it. I'll do it. I need you guys to uh, let me know how I do. Perfect. <laughs> well, we'll try and have you on uh, right before the season starts, but otherwise we'll, uh, we'll be listening to you on Saturdays. His name is Tim Strachan. He's a Terps football radio analyst. Tim, thanks for joining us. No problem, man. I love you guys. Chris Stoner and you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. Much appreciated. All right. Thanks. Thanks, man. Much appreciated. Catch you later. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, bud. All right. His name is Tim Strachan. Again, football analyst on the radio alongside the legend himself, Johnny Holiday. Zach, we're going to have another another color analyst on. This is crazy. Back-to-back guests shifting gears rapidly to talk basketball. 
Yeah, and there's been some 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 good news um, or some some news um, coming out of out of the basketball team. Obviously, um, today there was an article on Inside Maryland Sports about Melo Trimble. Um, it was a quote from him saying, um, "If I'm not ready." So that seems like more of a positive take on that situation than what we have had kind of been hearing uh, over the past few weeks, which was kind of that Mello didn't really want to come back, um, that if he was going to get drafted, then he would be going, whether that was the first round or the second round. So I think uh, his performance at some of these combines has led him to the realization that you know, maybe the best thing for him is, is to come back. And I think most of us have entire time. I think the door opened a little more um, and we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll know by this time next week um, just about what, what he, what he plans to do next season. Yeah. We're five days away. I'll be really interested to hear what, uh, what Chris has to say about it all. Um, especially because I feel like in the last week he's talked a lot about it, which is kind of, I mean, Obviously, you don't hear college kids talking because they really can't. Uh, they can't really go out and into the media or, you know, express themselves. Uh, so it's interesting to hear him talking about his decision very openly. Um, and I think it was last week, the Washington Post was like, oh, he's 50-50. And then CSN was like, no, he's leaning towards staying. And then as you just mentioned, you know, he's been, you know, leaning towards, I'm sorry, CSN said he was leaning towards going. And then overall, we've thought that that was his lean all along. So, um, and then you got the quote today that you just mentioned. So, a lot of conflicting things. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it came down until the 25th if he's going to wait that long. Yeah, I, I think he's going to wait it out. I think, it, I think deep in his heart, he wants to go. And if he was given the opportunity, if a team would take him, he'd jump for it and he would absolutely leave. The only reason that he would come back um, is if no one really wanted him. Um, and so hope, the hope is that his attitude isn't affected by that and that he still has a positive attitude towards next season um, and has a team attitude, not a me attitude. Because um, really, if he comes back, he's going to be the leader. He's going to be expected to be the leader of this team. Uh, they really don't have anybody else um, who can really step up. I mean, DeMonte Dodds, uh, the type of guy who could probably step up into that type of role, uh, maybe Jared Nickens, but Mello Trimble is going to be the heartbeat of this team if he comes back. So if he does decide to come back, he needs to be ready to take over uh, as the, the primary ball handler and as the primary look-to option offensively and defensively. Yeah, he uh, he was actually pretty lucky the last two years. He had uh, Des Wells in his freshman year, and then Rashid Suleiman came over last year. So you had that that kind of senior leadership, and um, even Jake Lehman last year as well was took on a, a pretty big leadership role. So yeah, he's you know, and he's he's a mellow guy. He doesn't really you know we've heard him vote be vocal about this decision over the past week, but you know mostly he's. He seems pretty quiet. He's not too emotive on the court either. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot different this year with him, you know, carrying the the leadership morale load as well as the scoring load. I mean, obviously, he's been the best player. Uh, I think last year he might have shifted from you know not being quite the most important player, whether you know that was a result of been, him being hurt or whatever. But 
it'll be it'll be different for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. It'll it'll also be interesting how Mark Turgeon handles this team. You know, last year he had a team full of clear talent, a lot of personalities between Diamond Stone, Robert Carter, Suleiman, Layman, Mello. Um, he a lot of the you know most of those guys are obviously gone, and now he's got to replace those guys with some more back of the bench. You know, who, guys who last year were more back of the bench like Michael Tchaikovsky, uh, Jared Nickens, who came off the bench, um, Dion Wiley, obviously, who was injured all the last season. So he's going to have a lot of thinking to do about his rotations, about who he plays in certain situations, about who is the guy who he needs to come off the bench, um, and also how he gets a lot of these young guys involved, like Anthony Cowan, uh, Kevin Horder, uh, Micah Thomas, He's got all these guys, and then he's also got to find a way to get Michael Tchaikovsky and DeMonte Dodd situated at the center position because um, last year they didn't, they didn't play much more than a few minutes every game. Dodd obviously played a little more than Tchaikovsky, um, but those guys are going to have to carry a pretty big load underneath. And then you got a guy in LG, LG Gill coming in from Duquesne um, who very well could play the four or maybe even the five since it looks like the Terps are going to be going with some smaller lineups. Yeah. While we're waiting for uh, Chris Naki to call in, let's, let's touch on LJ Gill a little bit here. Um, Turgeon, he's ever active in the transfer market. Um, he nabs LJ Gill from Duquesne, uh, averaged 10.8 points and 6.5 rebounds. He's 6'8", 200 pounds um, coming in through the, the graduate transfer rule. Um, you know, kind of, just looking to plug that hole at the the three four slot, and I think this um, you know, this does it. But I, I think people shouldn't get too overhyped with him. You know, it's nice that you see like, oh, you know, almost eleven and eleven and six. Uh, that's pretty good. Six eight, two hundred pounds. Um, but I, I feel like you know he's not going to have quite the Rashid Suleiman impact. It'll be more like a Rashad Pack, where you know he's he was playing at a lower level, so. You know, he's not going to bust into the – or, you know, if he does, that's phenomenal. But uh, I don't think it's realistic to expect him to average 11-6 and six in Big Ten play. Um, but, you know, when you're looking at Jared Nickens coming off a disappointing season and uh, freshman Micah Thomas for your – you know, at your three, at your four slot, um, I'm sure LJ won't play a whole lot of three. But, um, you know, it's encouraging. And, you know, it just shows that Turgeon is one of the best – recruiters out there in the country, um, especially when it comes to this, this new graduate transfer market. So um, exciting. He definitely changes uh, the lineups up a lot. Um, and, you know, things continue to get interesting, whether, uh, you know, Mello, we are with or without him next year, but a uh, good grab by Turgeon. Yeah. I like the addition and like you, I like the Rashad pack um, comparison. He's definitely not going to, have the impact that a guy like Suleiman did. Uh, but it's a good depth uh, addition. He's going to probably get some good minutes. And you mentioned the rotations. I think the beginning of this season um, is going to be huge for Turgeon to kind of figure out what his rotations are going to be, who's going to get the majority of the minutes at some of these positions, like the three, the four, the five. There's a lot of positions that are completely up, and up for grabs, um, even more so if Mello doesn't come back. So you're going to have a lot of new guys 
um, at these positions. And Turgeon's going to have to play around with that um, in the beginning of the year. You know, last year he kind of had things, for the most part, he had things figured out. You knew who the starting five were going to be. Um, and the only real question was, is Diamond Stone going to start the beginning of the year or is, or is he going to wait a few great games? But other than that, we knew. Um, so there's a lot of unknown this season. It'll be interesting to see how, how Turgeon handles that. But I like the Gill addition for sure. In addition to uh, – so I, I think there is reason to believe that Turgeon is going to try and pull in someone else, uh, whether it's another transfer or a freshman. I think most Maryland fr- fans have their eyes on Justin Jackson, uh, four-star power forward. He's from Canada. Um, he, it sounded like he was super high on Maryland. He's also into Oregon, um, which has strong Canadian ties, uh, coming from that school. Um, I can't quite recall who else is, is in the mix here, but he, he's a four-star recruit. He would be phenomenal. Um, I mean, between him and Gil, I mean, that would just, I mean, that would be a, a master stroke by Turgeon. I, I know he's probably, I mean, he's, he's probably going to commit soon, but I think, um, you know, if you're, keeping your eye out on, on who else the, the Terps might grab or are trying to get. So he's uh, definitely the, the biggest name out there. I don't really know who else might be stacked up underneath him, but um, that would be the hope. And, you know, if he were to come in, that would solidify things nicely. But um, again, this is all just speculation right now. Yeah. It all seems to be between Maryland and Oregon. UConn has some interest as well recently in in Jackson. Uh, He visited UConn um, May 6th. He visited Maryland April 30th and Oregon on May 13th. Um, So those are the three main schools who have a lot of interest in him. And he does seem to be high on Maryland. Um, You know, we're just going to have to wait and see. He would be a huge addition. Like you mentioned, he's a four-star guy, um, the 12th ranked small forward in the country. Um, by 24-7 Sports. He's 6'7", 195, so he's kind of got a similar, uh, similar body to, to Gill, so he'd play kind of the same role, a kind of a three, big three, small four um, position, and it would be a great addition, and it would just add to that depth, and it would give Turgeon more options in those rotations that we've been talking about. Still, uh, we were hoping that Chris Chris Naki would call in. No word for him. Um, we shall press on, though. If he if he calls, we'll obviously welcome him with open arms. But if not, no big deal. We'll try and get him on again. Um, let's talk about these rotations and let's let's consider life without Mello and and also dream about life with him for another year. Um, so if he goes next week, as currently constructed, your roster, your guards would be. Anthony Cowan, Dion Wiley, Jalen Brantley, and Kevin Herter. At the wings, you got Jared Nickens and freshman Mike Thomas. And then your bigs, you've got LJ Gill, DeMonte Dodd, Chikovsky, and Bender. I'm wondering, I kind of think that everyone uh, is, is sleeping a little bit on Dion Wiley and the impact that um, he could have coming back from injury. Um, you know, he was even if, if there was no mellow, I mean, he was a four-star recruit in his own right. You know, he figured to be a uh, pretty big, I mean, he, he figures to be a large piece for Maryland going forward. So, you know, it, the guard slot is, seems like the most solidified, but also 
I don't know. I could see any combination, you know, any two of these four guys starting on game one, which is kind of, you know, kind of counterintuitive. We focus on the wings and the bigs, but the guards is, you know, there's some shuffling to be done. Yeah. I think, I think Wiley is going to play an absolutely huge role. Um, Losing him last year was important for this team. Um, You know, he, he would have added another ball handler, um, another guy who can play the shooting guard position. Um, that would have been huge to have him this year. The, the benefit is, well, we get him, ne- we get him this year. Um, didn't have him last year. We have him this year. I, would, I think he's, he's almost got the – he and Nickens kind of have the locks on their positions, at least as closely as you can at this point. I think Wiley's pretty much got the shooting guard spot lined up as long as he's healthy, which by all accounts he absolutely is. And then I think he's cleared to, to play recently still. Yeah, so and then Nickens, it seems like, has the three pretty much locked up. Um, but the point guard position will be interesting. I think you're going to see if Mello doesn't come back, which is obviously the scenario that we're talking about right now, I think you're going to see Anthony Cowan start eventually, but you may see Jalen Brantley start the season. Um, it may be kind of like, um, you know, a, a quarterback – given a few games to, to warm up to game speed and some of those cupcake games, maybe you get Cowan a decent nut chunk of minutes. Brantley may start, they split time. And eventually once big 10 play comes around, Cohen is starting. I think that's what you're going to see there. And then I think Kevin Horder is going to play a very important role as a scorer. Um, he's very good from beyond the arc. Um, and he, he should compliment Jared Nickens very well. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that Brantley comes out and plays well. I, I felt like that he he got better as the year went on last year, and I, I think I think he can he can be a, a reliable scorer. Uh, he's he's quick. He picked his defense up. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm rooting for all these guys, but I I hope he uh, comes out of this pile looking good. Now with Mello, things get super interesting because then you, I mean, you know, I just said how I thought any two guys of these four could start in there, but then you got Trimble locked it up. You got Wiley locked it up. And, you know, I, I, that's, that's huge to have an experienced Brantley as your first guard off the bench. And then Cowan and Herter can, you know, kind of figure their way. It gives them a longer leash and some more leeway to, to crack the lineup, which is, which is nice. And, um, you know, you could even have, I've seen some suggestions of, of Herter even playing the three, if you go super small. So, that would be a huge, huge, obviously having Mellow Trimble is gigantic, but um, just the, you know, it allows, it could allow them to do so many more things, um, especially going super guard heavy. Yeah. And it would allow Turgeon to bring a lot of these younger guys like Cowan and Horder off the bench. And you don't have to feel like you have to use them immediately. It would really bring a lot of stability to the team. And obviously having Trimble running point, it would be absolutely great because, you know, his, his passing, no matter what he's doing scoring-wise, obviously we saw him struggle a little bit with that last season, but he still passes the ball just as well as anybody in the Big Ten. So having him distribute the ball, having another year of experience, having all of those abilities, having the ability to drive to the hoop and dish, that's going to open things wide up for this offense um, if he does, in fact, come back next season. Big if, big if, five days away. The next time we speak, we will we will know where we stand with Mellow Trimble and the University of Maryland. Let's uh, 
let's kind of wind things down here. Um, we can save all our, our basketball questions and, and talk for Chris for another day. Um, the off season is long, so obviously we can, uh, we can save that chatter. But I want to get into a little bit of this lacrosse business. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned it. I mean, I know we talked lacrosse last time. But uh, just to recap, both the men's and the women's team, uh, the number one overall seeds in their respective tournaments, and they're both seeking Final Four berths. Uh, we're creating this on a Friday night. You might be listening to it next week. But um, they're playing Saturday, May 21st, uh, both of them. Uh, the women's team, actually, uh, I've, I've been reading a, l- a little bit more about them than I, than I kind of thought. I'm super intrigued by them. They're 20-0. and 0, uh They've got five All-Americans. I mean, I know, we've, I know we've talked about how great they are, but just the more reading I've done, the, the more amazed I am at, at what they've done. Um, so they host UMass tomorrow at home for a final floor spot. And uh, the men's team is going up to Providence, and they're going to play Syracuse. Um, I will probably not watch the women's game. To be honest, I will probably try and watch that men's game tomorrow because um, I do enjoy the lacrosse tournament. But uh, very exciting stuff. You're in the know about the lacrosse uh the cross teams so um what have you have you been watching what's the vibe on campus is anyone excited um you know i think there is some excitement uh my circles obviously are a little closer to uh the lacrosse team as than most um i think there's i I think people know uh, people know you know how talented both of these teams are um the men's team is going to have a tough task this weekend against syracuse syracuse is insanely talented uh, their arrival from back in the Terps time in the ACC, um, ha- they have a great tradition of lacrosse up there. So that's going to be a really tough task. Uh, you mentioned the women, and, you know, I've been saying for, for a long time, that this is the most talented. Uh, there's a reason that this is – they're calling this Maryland women's lacrosse team the most talented and the best women's lacrosse team ever in the history of the yeah. sport. Um you know, as you mentioned, they're undefeated. They haven't lost a single game this season, and it doesn't look like they're going to. Um, they are handling talented teams with ease. Uh, they won the Big Ten tournament pretty easily, um, and they ran through Florida, which was the number two team in the country earlier this season. They, they ran through them like they were nothing. Um, they ran through Syracuse in the second half like they were nothing. So this this women's lacrosse team is insanely talented. They can put games away in five minutes um, and get back up them. It's it's absolutely incredible, the scoring ability that's on this team. You mentioned the five All-Americans, and, of course, they're led by Taylor Cummings, who is in line for her third straight Twerton Award. Yeah, she's she's amazing. (laughs) And uh, and who knows? Last year she was nominated for an FB. She could win one this year. Um, so we, we all fear the Taylor, but it's a good time to be a, to be a Maryland lacrosse fan. And as you mentioned, the final four, that's going to take place Memorial day weekend. So there'll be plenty of eyes on them. I'm going to miss both of those games tomorrow. I'm upset about it. I've got a family, family get together to get to. Um, so I'll be following on my phone. Um, but hopefully that both teams can pull those out and they'll end up in Philly next week. Okay, so more importantly than all this, is the, the family get-together tomorrow, is this in your honor? What has been the graduation festivities going around? Um, I saw your pics on Facebook. You know, the, the family was there. They were in the house for, for – you went to both graduations? Did you go to the big one and your, your school one? 
What's been going on? So the, the, the thing tomorrow is not in my honor. Um, my, uh, aunt decided, oh. my aunt and uncle are renewing their vows. They decided to upstage me. So, oh, my yeah. God. How rude. Yeah, right? Yeah, this is how much my family cares about me. But, no, <laughs> I, did, I did go to both, to both graduations. I went to the big one on Wednesday night. Um, Kevin Plank, I was lucky, to hear, hear, lucky enough to hear him give the commencement address, um, talked about passion. And that was, that was very nice. And then I went to my college one at 9 a.m. the next morning. So I got a few hours of sleep um, and went over to that one um, in the record armory for everybody who knows campus. Um, mm-hmm. got, to, got to visit that terrible building once more. <laughs> um, but it was nice. Um, had the whole family there with me and Got got some pictures around Xfinity Center on Wednesday night. Got a picture with the national championship trophy. But it's been it's been a it's been a good few days. It's been it's been really nice, and it, it was a good wrap up to to a good few years at at in College Park. I was a transfer student, so I can't say I spent all of my four years there. But but it was I've been a Maryland fan since life, and I say I've been a Terp since life for life, and I'll be a Terp for the rest of my life. So it, it was fun. Where did you transfer from? I transferred from CCBC Community College, so I saved oh, a little okay. dough. I saved a for little sure. dough. Got went there for two years, and then Maryland was the only place I applied to for a reason. Um, and it was it's been a great two and a half years that I spent there. Got very involved in athletics on campus as the president of the Pride, and it's it was it was a fun two and a half years. So what's what's next on your docket? You got a do you have a job lined up? Or are you just hanging out? Or are you going to find something kind of intermy while you're trying to, to find the first peg on the career ladder? What, what's your next move? So, yeah, so I don't have a job lined up yet. Um, that's kind of what these next few months are going to be spent doing, job searching. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe pick up something part-time, but yeah. Um, and I'm a, I was a government and politics major, so I'll probably be looking for something in the political government realm. Um, but I'm pretty much wide open, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, these next few weeks, few months are going to be spent applying and, and then, you know, spending time in my childhood home in my childhood bedroom. My parents are letting me crash so I can save some money up that way. So it's going to be nice. So you're at a green belt. When are you soon here? Uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I'm, I'm out of green belt and now I'm in, now I'm in Owings Mills in Baltimore okay. County. You, are, you already made the jump. All right. I made the jump. Yeah. I made the jump Thursday afternoon. So, oh, um, I got Crazy. out of there. I got out of there, but, um, yeah, this weekend's my first weekend back home and it's going to be good. Um, I, I'll still be back on campus a lot. I'll be, I'm sure I'll be there for the first football game. Um, to hang out with all my friends who are still there and all my friends who stuck around. <laughs> I know what that's like. I was, uh, I did the, I transferred into, and I, I, it was a total five years, my collegiate experience. So I, I know how that is. Um, yep. It's been five years for me too. It's that I, we loved it so much. We had to take an extra year. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, you're at a college park. I think we should uh, be out of time here for tonight's, We'll uh, we'll press pause. We'll come back in uh, about two weeks. Maybe try and get Chris Naki on again. But uh, until then, Zach, it was good talking to you. We will uh, we will reconvene in the near future.
Absolutely. It's always fun, CT. All right. Well, you should uh, definitely subscribe on iTunes, Overcast, Downcast, whatever kind of you know podcasting application you use. Search Talking Terps, hit subscribe, recommend whatever's in that application and, uh, and a review, especially on iTunes, is always much appreciated. So we will get out of here on that. Um, hopefully we can bring Chris Naki down here uh, next time uh, in about two weeks. So follow the Twitter account as the, uh, the voice is going to tell you in just a moment. And uh, that'll, that'll be how you know when we're, when we're coming back in and talking Terps. So thank you for joining us again. A uh, big thank you to, uh, to Tim. He uh, did a solid and uh, we will talk to you all soon. So that was talking Terps. Catch you all later. Welcome in to Talking Terps, a show which covers University of Maryland basketball and football. Talking Terps is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Terrapins. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Twitter.